And here we go, just like that for the Friday show. Are you ready to get your rock on, your moto on, your extreme on? We got them all. That's what we're going to do. Oh, man, it is Moto Palooza. We have the entire 250 podium on the show today from Houston as we psych up and get ready for tomorrow's race out of Tampa, Florida. Military appreciation race tomorrow night. It's going to kick off at 4 o'clock Pacific time, or the gate will drop. Kickoff would be what happens on Sunday when we get the Super Bowl coming out of Glendale, Arizona. But it is going to be Moto Palooza on the stretch show today, coming up in mere moments. We are going to talk to one of my favorite riders, a dude that you can ask Moto. I literally stood outside our booth at the outdoor season when this dude was riding for Suzuki and jumped up and down and cheered him as he went by. And he was like, why is this guy going nuts for me? He is like a middle-of-the-pack rider. He was on a Suzuki. He was kick-starting his ass off like Kenny Roxon does now. And I was like, Max Anstey is my dude. That dude took the Suzuki to new levels, and I was a huge fan. And now he's riding for Firepower Honda, and I am still down with him. And by the way, you can hear it. Listen to this interview. It's a very long interview, but you know why? Because Max will talk forever. But, and why does he talk forever? I'm not dogging the guy. He talks because he's got so much passion for what he's doing. You can hear it. And there is, like, new life in this dude as he has gone from a 450 rider back down to a 250 rider where now you can't age out. Remember, he's an MXGP dude. And over there, the MX, uh, the GP dudes uh, that ride the MX2s, I think 22 years old, you're done. They make you go to 450s no matter what. You can no longer race. Well, Max is not racing in the you know Europe anymore. He's racing here in America, and they just changed the rules. And really, the only way you get forced out of the 250s now is if you win a couple of championships. Hell, you can win a championship and still stay in the 250s and keep racing. So I like what's happened. Uh, by the way, uh, controversy around Max Anstey and that finish, and it all came out. Like in the last couple of days, I've been watching it and not really going into it, but I might talk about it a little bit on the show. Uh, we'll talk. There was there was rumor that they were going to yank that uh, second place finish away from Max, but we'll get into that. And I know we'll get into that for sure. Moto will talk about it tomorrow and or tomorrow today at three o'clock. Moto and Kyle. It is Friday, and then tomorrow we'll all talk about it as well as we get into our pre-race coverage for the Supercross right here on the Big 49, and that'll start at 2 p.m. Pacific time. 2 p.m. Pacific time. Tune in. That is the pre-race show, and we'll address that for sure because we're going to get into it. It was an interesting conversation. Moto and I already had it tonight. Uh, We were talking about it. So a lot of cool stuff. Then after we talked to uh, Max Anstey, and I like Max Anstey so much, we're going to run him uh, first segment of the show after my initial rant. So that's the next segment. And then he also will be the uh, last segment before I wrap it up in the final hour of the stretch show coming in at 11 a.m. Pacific time. We will get a rerun on that. Now, besides Max Anstey, another rider we haven't talked to before is Jordan Smith. And Jordan Smith's on that Star Racing Yamaha team. He's an old salty dog. He gets some hate from the keyboard warriors. I'm looking at Moto Man and Jason. And uh, we'll talk about that and we'll address all that stuff another guy that had a good ride got on the box and he's aboard the star racing yamaha team we'll talk to him and then if you missed it the guy that ran away with the show on saturday night in the 250s mr hunter lawrence 
he is also going to be on the show today. So we got first, second, and third in the 250s. All guys to keep your eye on as we move forward. And then I'm finally going to get out of Moto, and I'm going to find a whole bunch of garbage to talk about because it's what I do. I got the Entertainment Report coming up where I am going to address the Michael Irvin issue again today. A very interesting twist in that one already. And then I got bad news for people that work for the mouse, and the mouse is like the mafia. They don't play. The mouse is gangsta, and... They're, they're one of the most thorough companies I've ever dealt with. I've never worked. Well, I have worked there. I, I did a movie for them. As in movies. I, I'm a movie star. Don't want to name drop, but I'm a big deal. Uh, I get royalty checks. In fact, I just got my tax uh, document from them for the year. I think I made something about $13 in royalties from a movie I made back in like 2005. Yeah. And, and I got my scene got cut out, and I never even was in it, but I still get royalties because I was on the cast, I guess. Pretty weird. You know what I was? I was stretching a-hole on the radio, and I interviewed these Oscar-winning, I'm not kidding, like like uh, Dame Judi Dench or, or Helen Mirren, like these big-time old British actresses that are very uppity and very decorated and very lovely ladies, and the director pulled me aside and said, here's the deal be extra extra rude to them and insult the crap out of them i want to get a good response and so we had no script and i just trashed these ladies i i wish the tape was around because it went in i was like and it was from that movie calendar girls where it was about a bunch of old ladies that made a nudie calendar to raise money for their town it's a very great movie and i'm, I'm not kidding i have these oscar winning very famous ladies in here and I'm like ah, well, why would you take your clothes off and show those saggy old tits? I said stuff like that to, to, to Helen Mirren, Dame Judy Dench I'm not kidding, that's a true true story <laughs> I tell you guys I've had a strange life man, but anyway I have worked for the mouse so I digress, we'll get into the what's going on with them and then I've got a story about Huntington Beach right here you know, where they have the Red Bull straight rhythm section. Some people are mad. Some people are glad. The city council did something. And remember, Tito Ortiz, former UFC fighter, was on that city council for a long time. He is not anymore. He got uh, out of there, booted out in disgrace. I got a guy that went to Starbucks and ended up with uh, quite the headache. Quite the headache. Pay attention to this because it's not necessarily... I mean, Starbucks effed up on this and they ended up making good. But this could happen to you anywhere. This is very possible for this to go down anywhere. And we'll get into it. And then I got a what the Florida, like fistful of Florida, the, uh, the ultimate Florida band. Just wrap that up in a bow. And then I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to pack it up and go. Plus, I got Moto Minutes every hour at the bottom of the hour. It's a fun time here on a Friday. If you are down with the show and you've missed any part of it, you can now get it on the Stretch Show podcast. I know it's on iHeart Podcast. It's on uh, Spotify. It's on Amazon. It's everywhere. And it's growing like that growth on my penis, which makes it longer so I don't have it removed. Anyway, coming up next, let's talk to Max Anstey, my favorite Brit out there. Stomach 4 9 
This Michael Irvin story got hot and fast. Remember, he was removed by CBS from the Super Bowl coverage after a lady spoke to him in the hotel lobby for about 45 seconds, and then he went to his room, and then the next day he was yanked by CBS, and they moved his hotel room. Here's what we know. The lady was an employee of the hotel. She filed a complaint against him, and then they yanked him from the coverage. They still haven't said what it is he allegedly said to this lady, but it was enough to spook the people over at CBS from yanking his ass off the absolute coverage. Michael has now retaliated with a $100 million lawsuit against the hotel and the employee that accused him of something he says never happened and that they are trying to cancel culture him. We'll see what goes down in this one. Very same Native American activist that got the Washington Redskins to finally change their name to the Commanders is now zeroing in on the Kansas City Chiefs saying this name needs to be changed, blah, 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 blah. And I think she's barking up the wrong tree. The Chiefs is like a great name. It is not at all disrespectful to Native Americans, whereas the Redskins, she completely had a point. That name should have been changed years ago. So I don't think she's going to get it done this time with the Chiefs. And finally, the most manly of all entertainment stories I could ever tell you is tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Your pre-race coverage begins for the Supercross right here on the Big 49. It is myself, Moto Man Jason from HYR and Bookie Kyle. Be sure to kick it on. It's all live and we got action on betting on little children. It's fun. Check it out. The Man Entertainment with Stretch. Big 49, it is a Stretch show and right now we are going to sit down with a dude we've been wanting to talk to for the longest time and his name is Max Anstey and he rides a Firepower Honda. It's his first time ever up on the box with a second place overall finish tonight in Houston. Max, it's got to feel good. It's got to feel really, really good to get up on that podium. Uh, How awesome is it? Walk us through what you're going through and what you've been through to get to this point. Honestly, it's uh, it is a, it's a dream, you know. I I've yeah. I've waited a long time to, uh, to to be up here and 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 to go up those steps uh, onto the podium. <laughs> you know, I my very first year at Supercross, 2010. I was just okay. 16 years old. I nearly got wow. a podium then, and man, I you know I grew up watching Supercross, and and it was amazing. And the next year, I, w- I went back to Europe, and. And never yeah. came back. You know, it's, it's been a long time. You know, I, I've been racing wow. MXGP over there, and, and yeah. you know, got into the swing of that, and, and had great success. But since I've come back to America, and you know, made that move, and, and I'm lucky my, my my family supports it, and 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 everything, because it's 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 a big move. It's not it's not it's not yeah. easy. And um, yeah. now to to be here and on this 250. Man, it's amazing. It's, it's a great feeling to be to be racing, to be racing these guys, to be competitive. Yeah. And uh, and every day I wake up thinking, man, how can I go faster through the woods? Or how can I go on <laughs> off a bit better? Or whatever. Like, yeah. I, I love it. Whereas outdoors for me in 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 Europe, I, I love that too. But but I was kind of getting to the point where I was like, Ugh, I, guess, I know I know exactly <laughs> how the tracks are going to be at every single yeah. one. Whereas every day I wake up now thinking. You know, I love Supercross, and 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 I've I've really enjoyed it. I really enjoy being here in America, and yeah, the the whole Firepower team. Have, I've done a great job. It, it's yeah. one of those where we honestly came into here having no idea. Like I, I've ridden yeah. with the Star Guys a couple of times, and yeah. um, they normally smoke me. So <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I came here thinking, ah, oh, top ten will be nice, or well, let's just see where we go. And yeah. um, I went fast as in practice, and I'm not joking. I came over the the finish line. 
and I looked at the board to think, ah, oh, hopefully I'm like fifth or fourth. <laughs> and I wasn't on the board and I was bummed. And then I realised that I was at the top of the board. I was like, no, that's got to be wrong. And, oh, man. So that was pretty cool. And uh, yeah. yeah, I'd done it twice. I thought, oh, I may, I may be able to it in the first one. And um, no, I'd done it twice. And I was like... Wow. wow, I feel like Martin Davalos. He's he's been uh, he's yeah. been our uh, our crew chief and and team manager and, and tester and wow, man, all I ever saw was old videos of him winning time training and, and and things like that. And I don't think I've ever done that even in a even in a GP. So yeah, um, so no, it, it was pretty awesome. You know, to be honest, my day could have ended after time training. I was happy with that. Yeah. And uh, I, and then just to be in the battle, you know, yeah. I, I honestly really enjoyed it. I'm I've been around the block a few times. Obviously not not in Supercross. I'm, yeah. I'm relatively new to Supercross. Right. I've only done a handful of, of 450 rounds um, due to obviously last year the team things and and, and whatever before. Yeah. So it's one of those where I, I know first round for us is um, always hectic. I mean, I watched A1, I watched the West Coast, and it's yeah. like on my days yeah. it's carnage out there. Wow. And uh, <laughs> and I just wanted to stay solid and. Um, I didn't want to do anything too silly. Uh, yeah. I, I got into to, to second behind um, behind Hunter, and he had a gap. And yeah. honestly, I just managed and, and rode my race and right. started thinking about halfway. Man, this is kind of cool. I'm in second. <laughs> I, I better not. I better not mess this up now. <laughs> so, um, it was one of those where I just kind of cruised around, kept yeah. everything tight and solid, and uh, and and did what I needed to do. Um, right. It's great for the team. I know it's only round one. We've got a long way to go, but couldn't have asked for any more for uh, for the first round. All right, and you did a lot of racing over the summer. In fact, you went down to the – you did the World Supercross, then you headed down to uh, Australia, and you raced in the Australian Supercross where you won the whole damn thing and on a 250, and I think people should have been taking notice then. Do you think that helped you for tonight? That helped you to get ready for the American Supercross this season is the racing that you did down in Australia and in Europe? Yeah, de definitely. I mean – I was thinking about this a little bit earlier. Yeah. I actually ran the same setup today as what I did in Adelaide. And you okay. know that poxy little track we rode in Adelaide? <laughs> My bike seemed to work well there and it's and it's yeah, it's worked the whole time. So oh, um yeah, I, I raced Newcastle, Wagga yeah. Wagga, all of those uh, yeah. are on the same setup. So actually it's um the suspension guy came around today and <laughs> I haven't touched anything for, for a long time. So um Dial it's in. one of those where Having Justin Brayton as as a teammate over there was was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, being able to, to to race, even for me, you know, racing back in England um, and then coming to Australia, yeah. and now focusing primarily on Supercross, um, I've been able to log a lot of laps. You know, yeah. it's it's everything's been been clicking away. And, and okay, the bike is faster here. Um, yeah. We run different gas and and. Marty's upgraded a few engine parts, but right. my bike is primarily the same as when I was in Australia. Okay. It, again, it, it was tough to know. Like I, I, I came here thinking, man, I haven't actually, you know, ridden with too many guys apart from the Star guys, which you can't really yeah. compare because obviously <laughs> it's a Star Yamaha. Yeah. And uh, and we were like, I, I honestly have no idea if we're going to be competitive or if we're going to be a million miles off. Wow. Um, and we came here and, and we did quite well, so I'm, I'm yeah. pretty happy with uh, with how the first one went. I'm. You know, just happy to be up here. <laughs> All right, Max. Uh, tell us about you coming to the 250, because you're a 450 dude. You were on the chicken wagons. You were riding for Suzuki. We are huge fans. We were all stoked on it. And then all of a sudden, it's like, dude, Max Ancy is going down and racing the 250s. And, did, like, 
was that where your head was where you thought hey i've got some eligibility i can go race in the 250 class or was it something that someone else brought up to you were you looking for a 450 ride like walk us through what happened between the last time we saw you on a 450 uh last year till they moved you down and, and put you on a 250 and we're seeing what we're getting now in this firepower honda team I was actually with Hunter's old man, um, I was with Dazzy, <laughs> okay. at the 83 compound. Um, my team that I was on folded up. Yeah. I was sat there thinking, man, I don't really know what to do, waiting for <laughs> other 450 rides, I'm waiting for the Cowie yeah. ride for outdoors, waiting for Husky, none of that really came through. And yeah. even uh, and Martin kept calling me and they were like, right, we, we, we want you to race uh, a 250 and, huh. and, uh, and at first I was like, well, mate, I'm a 450, but like, I've been uh, on a 450 class for yeah. ages. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm not sure. I thought about it a little bit. Then all the other deals um, sort of fell through. Okay. And I was uh, I was between even going back to Europe to to to, to fill in for for Jeffrey over there, okay. and there was a few things, and I was like, man, I don't really know what to do. And I just thought, bugger it, I'm going to go and let's. I called Marty and I said, right, is your bike ready? Let me come up and uh, and see the boys at, at MTF, and it was three hours for me. I drove up there. It was right after they'd finished uh, the Salt Lake round. Um, right. Went and tested the bike, and yeah. I said to Marty, I said, honestly, I have no idea on a 250. Like, I, I, I don't know if it's a good bike or a bad bike. I have no idea. Like, I, I haven't ridden one properly. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, 2016, I got off. Uh, I, I raced motocross nations at Majora and yeah. parked my bike up on the side of the truck and thought. Man, that's it. I'm never going to ride a 250 again. I thought, I've aged out of MX2, and I thought, this is it. I'm, I'm never going to ride a 250 again. <laughs> okay. Didn't really achieve what I wanted to achieve. Won some GPs, but was always racing Jeffrey and never really, you know, yeah. <laughs> got shot a, a, a world title over there and, and didn't do what I wanted to do. And, and then all of a sudden, oh, I yeah. can ride a 250 again. It's, yeah. It was something that took a little bit of mulling over. Um, yeah. Honestly, I'm, I'm bloody glad that I did do this because it's been great fun. Getting those bonus checks has been fun. Coming to yeah. Australia has been good. I've been rinsing your reverb and turning them upside down and shaking them out. Um, and, uh, and yeah, you, even today, like, oh yeah, and he, and he gets very emotional. He's, yeah. he's, he's brilliant. Your is so passionate, it's, it's fantastic. And, all right. and being able to race all over the world, doing primarily Supercross now, um, yeah. it's been fun. I, I, I like it. I like you know, being yeah. up here, it's, it's a lot more fun than battling around 12th and 15th in the 450 <laughs> class when uh, you Very think you're true. riding well and it's like, man, everyone in front of you has won a title and they're all amazing wow. too. So it's uh, it's a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying it. And yeah. All right, Max. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about this. Uh, tonight is the first time we have seen a Brit up on the podium and, and, and I don't know when. I'm not kidding. I don't know when the last time we saw a Brit up there. How great does that feel to, you know, take one for the team, if you will, and represent Great Britain? Yeah, I, I didn't think that. I, um, I don't know, who was the last British guy? Dobby, maybe? Dino. Uh, okay, obviously Dean, but, yeah. you know, Dean I class as an American. Ah! Um, but, um, he's been over here for years. But, yeah, I, I, man, it's um, it, it's very cool. Yeah. Um, very cool to, uh, to to be up here. Yeah. Like I was talking to you earlier about, I, although I, I've had great success in, in, in GPs, yeah. uh, being on this 250 and riding Supercross, I wake up every day feeling like an 18-year-old kid, ah. loving life. Yeah thinking about how to go faster and I, in a weird way I felt like I was doing the wrong sport for a long time because <laughs> doing outdoors was cool but man it's given me a whole lease, new lease of life you know I feel yeah. like it's extended 
my career in, in GPs, the last year I was there, if I wasn't top five, people were like, oh, what's the problem? Like, what's up? And I'm like, nothing's wrong. It's just the class is gnarly. Like, there's a lot of yeah. good guys. I'm racing Caroli and Hurleys and Geyser and whatever. And, yeah. And, but always my dream was to race Supercross and to come yeah. over here. And, and obviously I got the opportunity in the 450 class, but the 450 class is, uh, it speaks for itself. It's gnarly. Yeah. So when Martin Davalos and, and Yariv, um, the boss back in Australia, gave me the call, um, there was obviously, a, 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 things went a little sideways last year with the team yeah. that I was on, and, yeah. and, and and it got me thinking, you know, you've got to tick your boxes, you've, you've got to go through the steps, and okay. every one of those 450 guys in the top 12, pretty much, yeah. has completed the 250 step of Supercross, yeah. and I'm lucky that there is no age limit. Um, I'm eligible to, <laughs> yeah. to race. Um, yeah. I don't have even as much experience as these guys even racing Supercross. Of course, I've, I've raced a lot and, and I've got race experience, but it's um, yeah, it's, it's one of those where I'm, I'm really happy with, with how it's all worked out and yeah. it's great to be mixing it up. Well, Max, congratulations on your first podium. Congratulations being the first Brit up there in a very, very long time. We are huge fans here at the Big 49, and we are very, very, very happy for you. Can't wait to see you back up here again and see you just grow as a rider and get better and better, and I hope that you get an even bigger fan base here in America than you've already got. So uh, congratulations to you and the Firepower Honda team, and hopefully we'll, we'll see what you do next week. Cheers, Mike. I'm Stretch. This is the Big 49, your home of Moto Rock Extreme. Big, 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 big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Right, this is crazy. We told you earlier that Nick Romano of the Star Racing Yamaha team, they planned on him coming back, and then they made the announcement yesterday. They're like, no, uh, Nick is out for the season, probably for the entire year. And, well, here's what we found out. He was coming off a shoulder injury, and he was able to come back from that. And when he was coming back from having the shoulder injury, at some point he popped his knee out without even having a crash on the bike. They say he no longer can return to racing because he suffered a torn ACL and he's going to miss the entire season as he recovers from the knee injury that has nothing to do with crashing a dirt bike while he was healing from a shoulder surgery that did have everything to do with crashing a dirt bike. So get well, Nick Romano. We'll see you next year. That's an absolute bummer. I am Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Ah, uh, Big 4-9. It's a Stretch yep. on a Friday. Don't forget Fridays are for... Moto Man and Kyle, K-I-S-S-I-N-G, sitting in a tree, butt effing, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to stop, I'm going to stop, that's, that's going to go off the rails fast, I'm going to do a little internal edit there, yeah, Moto Man and Kyle coming up 3 o'clock today on the big 4-9, all the Moto uh, crosstalk you can handle. They'll get into that. They'll play some rock and roll. They'll have a good time. I'm sure they'll talk to our friend, uh, Bebek. Dude, uh, breaking us off with some lovely stuff. By the way, I'm not going to lie. At our parking lot parties, uh, Bebek has been hooking us up from Stripe Distributing. And we have had uh, the Black Rifle Coffee's no joke. I love that stuff. I buy that stuff in the stores all the time. And uh, he brings us that. And we also got the Ghost Energy Drink, which is another serious, lovely energy drink. There is a there is a ghost sour apple, candy sour apple. I, I don't remember because they're all gone because everyone rated them because they were so delicious. It was a, a, like a, a sour apple flavor. Look for it in wherever you get your ghost energy drinks. And 
I can't recommend that drink enough. It's just, my only problem with it is it's so delicious that you'll chug it. And you're like, I don't think it's that healthy to chug an energy drink, but damn sure don't chug more than one if you do. But check that out, the hot tip. That's the pro tip from Stretch, especially a dude, remember I work overnights. I don't get off work till damn near seven o'clock in the morning. I come home and some turn in the middle of the night around three or four, things start to slow down and you start to think, man, I need a lift. I'll pound my ghost, I'll be good. Ah, uh, someday I'm gonna write a book, I'm gonna tell you all the craziness I got, but right now let's talk about uh, Disney announced effective immediately. They are restructuring. That's never a good sign when you work somewhere and you're like, yeah, there's some restructuring going on. Uh, that restructure is gonna be a cut of $5.5 billion from their budget. And of that 5.5 billion budget cut, two billion of that always comes, bomb bomb on the back of your employees. I have been there, done that. I got laid off at a restructure at iHeart. I got laid off at a restructure at Sirius when they merged with uh, XM. When it became Sirius XM, I got laid off, and then I came back to that company later, and then. Uh, got fired because Jason Ellis is a little whiny bitch. He doesn't love my show. He said on his podcast he wanted to go away. He didn't like working with me. I don't want to work with him anymore. Really? I couldn't tell. I didn't want to work with you either. <laughs> That's why I said on my podcast I was kind of late. Wow. And now Ellis does a podcast. And he would make fun of mine at the time that I was doing 13 years I ran a podcast. Now I just started another one because you know what? I got a 24-7 radio station that nobody else has. And now I got a podcast. I'm just going to drop out there for your asses. Just because everyone's like, I got a podcast. Yeah, okay, F you. I got one and I got a radio station. I got a radio show that goes live 3 a.m. to New Pacific. And if people miss it, I give them a podcast. Suck it. And I talk about moto. And that's pretty much all I talk about. All right. My sidebar is over. Let's get back to Disney firing uh, $2 billion worth of employees, which comes down to 7,000 jobs being eliminated. They're now going to solely focus on, here's what's weird. They said we're going to solely focus on three core business segments. Disney Entertainment, which is movies, ESPN, which is ESPN, and Disney Parks and Experiences, which is the theme parks. Okay. And then they say, but... Streaming is going to be our priority. Well, so you're going to four core businesses because streaming is totally separate. And remember, I sit here and gloat and talk about how great the big 49 is and how awesome we are and how we're the future of broadcasting. It's streaming. All we're doing is streaming audio content without the video content. But if you want video content, we got everywhere. We're everywhere. We are chopping bitches off at the knees left and right. You want video content? Uh, the Saturday show that we do, when we cover Supercross, when we cover the races, when we do just the moto show, all of that is available on a video vlog, which is on our website at thebig49.com. Thebig49.com. Click on that, and you can see the stream. I'm not on the stream. You know why? I don't have a camera in my house. Uh, it's part of a, of a package, a plea deal I made uh, years ago. Yeah. 
they're gonna take my computer away when I become a cocaine smuggler. After talking about it on They're Gonna Be, he uses that radio computer that he talks on. Yeah, that station he has at his house, he uses that to uh, spread his vile drugs throughout the world. Cocaine is the drug of choice that he slangs. Slanging it. All right. Anyway. Uh, Disney is laying off a crap load of people. Say an executive said the reductions would be about 50% marketing, 30% labor, and the rest would be in tech, procurement, and other areas. And then they go on to say we had a really solid first quarter. We got a significant transformation underway, so significant that we're going to lay off a whole crap load of employees, $2.2 billion worth of employees. We believe the work we're doing to reshape our company around creativity while reducing expenses will lead to sustained growth. Like I said, I, I, I've been laid off. Yeah, if you've worked in broadcasting, you've been laid off. And you work and you work and you work, and you, especially on the creative side, and you give your heart and soul to a company, and you're paid handsomely for it. I, I'm not gonna say you're not, at least you weren't back in the day. You, you were paid. And then, and they build it up, and then they fire the people that got them to where they were. They have their, like, we're very successful. We're going to reduce and streamline our costs. Well, when you streamline your costs, you get rid of the people that made your product as great as it is. You can't do that, Disney. You can't fire the people that made your product great and expect your product to maintain that level of greatness. What you really need to say, if you were at all honest with the people and you're a big company, is say, look, we're hurting and we're going to lay off a bunch of people because we overpaid our corporate pigs and they got giant gazillion dollar bonuses and some stars and some movies and we had some flops and we've done a few bad things. We're going to try to right this ship and rather than firing those fat pigs, we're going to fire the people that uh, carried this company on their backs and made it as great as it is. And probably once we do that, the product will no longer be as good as it once was, but we're going to take the other idiots that we don't lay off. And they're going to be so afraid of losing their jobs, we're going to make them do the jobs of two or three or four other people. Shoot me in the dick if I'm lying. You've been a part of a downsize? It feels great, doesn't it? I'll tell you right now, it sucks. And it's not you, it's the company. It's the corporate greed is what it is. And these companies do this time and time again. And my condolences to everyone that's about to lose their gig. Because it's a horrible feeling to be looking in this world and this economy and then to realize, crap, I don't have a job anymore. I can get unemployment for a while, and then what am I going to do? Crap, am I going to be a 40-year-old man moving back in with my parents? All right, we're going to have to sell our house. All right, there goes my dirt bike. Like, you start doing that, and that's an awful thing to go through. And I, and I seriously send condolences to everyone that's about to embark on this journey. And I hope you find a good landing spot, and I hope you find something that you love doing. And maybe if you did love working at the, at the mouse, you can uh, flip it up and find something you really want to do and pursue that, and God bless you, because I've been a part of these, and it is corporate greed, and it is idiots at the top that have screwed things up, and, and the stock prices are down. And what's funny is you get your stock prices up by laying off your freaking staff, and then, like I said, your product's no longer as good as it is, and then it all comes tumbling down. You get this little rebound in your budget cuts with the stock market. Stock market is Satan. Big 49 will never, ever, ever, ever be a publicly traded company. Never, ever, ever. We will always put our employees first and we will always care for our people. Now granted, the only employee we have is Moto Man, but besides that, 
and Moto Man's an idiot, and I might fire Moto Man at some point if I could get Weege on the Moto Show. But besides that, we're loyal to our employees. And we're going to not fire people because we screwed up the budgeting. We'll cut it some other way, or we'll figure something out. Uh, one of my real jobs, I work for a dude that owns a company that is not public, and he is an absolute inspiration to work for this man. This company's 30 years old about, 30, 30 something years old, and he has never laid a single person off, ever. He's fired some people that don't carry their weight, but he's never laid people off. He's never had, oh man, I screwed this up. I'm gonna save my neck and lay off a bunch of people. And I admire the hell out of that. I wish big corporations were the same way, and they're not. So condolences, all of you. All right, coming up next, let's talk about something horrible, and it comes out of Florida. There's a billion things. Guess you can get think about it, and when I come back, I'll tell you. It's the Big Four Nine. The Big 49 Moto Minute Brought to you by LBZ Shout out to Malcolm Stewart from that Rockstar Energy Husqvarna racing team He underwent surgery yesterday in Colorado on his knee We hope that everything goes well and that we see him getting back after it very, very soon We gotta love Mookie He looked so freaking ferocious this year up until that wipeout He did have a couple big wipeouts in the first couple rounds And he got back on the bike and he powered through and looks really good that a practice crash ends up ending his season. But uh, we will uh, see him again soon. And when I say see him again soon, I mean on a dirt bike, not on another Mookie fishing video because we get too many of those. You need to be on the dirt bike more, Mookie. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute is coming up. Brought to you by LBZ one hour from now. Big 4-9 is a Stretch show. Right now we are going to go down a scary-ass road of a Florida man. Anytime we go down the road of a Florida man, it is a well-traveled road of moronacy. And not the kind of moronacy that you get here in the Big 49 with all of us knuckle-dragon morons. No! It is the kind of moronacy that we're like, people die, and uh, the horrible story this one is. But let's just break it down how it goes. And just, it's so Florida. So here we are. And there's a guy... And he has been arrested and charged with double homicide for killing two men. And he gets away with it. He literally gets away with it. Uh, Maybe he didn't do it. I don't know. He he is found not guilty. So he has a party. At least that's what his girlfriend thinks is a party to celebrate his uh, non-conviction on a double murder charge. So his girlfriend, by the way, who is pregnant, uh, heads over to the party. And this happens in the Tampa area. And they roll up. Uh, His name was Billy Adams. And the girlfriend shows up and she's pregnant. He's just now been, remember, just now been acquitted of a double homicide. So she's showing up to the party. Cool, my boyfriend's not going to jail. We're going to have our kid and be, this is great. I, I can't ask for better news considering I'm pregnant with a dude that's accused of double murder. And when she gets there, her name is Alana Sims. She gets out of her car and he just blasts her. Shoots her down. 
dead in the street. Just three days before, he was found not guilty and let out of jail where he'd been sitting on the double homicide thing. And so police roll up on the scene. They catch him. And they're like, what happened? And he said, I wasn't ready to be a father. Shoots his pregnant girlfriend because he wasn't ready to be a dad. Wow. Yeah. Uh, She was pregnant with her second child, which, by the way, was in the car and saw this idiot shoot and kill his mother and unborn brother or sister. The Tampa police say the crime is unthinkable. People have set up a GoFundMe for the family, and now someone's got to raise that other kid, which doesn't have a mom. And this guy hopefully goes to jail forever and ever and ever. And the the Tampa police say we are working with the state's attorney's office to ensure that this guy is prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law, that everything we can do to keep this guy behind bars for the rest of his life. That is a doozer, isn't it? Florida man, you always outdo yourself. Wow. Uh, they go on to say, while we respect the verdict of the jury in the prior uh, prior case, we disagreed with it, and well, now we got him up on another homicide charge. Uh, technically a double murder because you killed the unborn baby too. Baby and mama are dead because you didn't want to be a dad. Man. I, I, I would think though, by the way, if you were a serious question here, if you're super pro-abortion, are you not like, you should start to go fund me for this guy because he just committed a, a, the ultimate abortion. He got rid of the uh, girlfriend he didn't want and the baby he didn't want. And it was his right to eat, chose that. Is that my wrong? I'm just saying, just pointing out the hypocrisy of the world. Am I wrong? Is that, not, is that murder? I get it's murder of the girlfriend, but is it double murder because he killed the unborn child? Or is that okay? Or was that one his? It was his choice to murder the unborn child, which was his right because he was the father. But it wasn't. It's murder for murdering the the mom. I I don't know. Someone clear it up, please. Explain it to me. I need to know. Just say it. I'm just saying. I'm just pointing it out. I'm a hypocrite all the time. I'm a hypocrite. Uh, I wish someone would have aborted my ex-wife. You know, fifty something years ago. Let's just say, just say. So I'm not I'm not anti-abortion. Uh, there's people I would wish were aborted. So I don't know. Just saying. Think about it. Though hypocritical. Guy's gonna go away forever. Could have just been exercising his right. Ah oh, man, it's not easy being this big of an a-hole. All right, coming up on the show, we are gonna talk to Mr. Hunter Lawrence, HRC Honda. He is the winner of the big old. Houston Supercross last weekend, round one of the East in the 250s. And after that, we're going to come back and I'm going to talk about something going on in Huntington Beach, home of the white trash uh, people that look just like me. They drive pickup trucks, they got goatees, they listen to rock and roll, they ride dirt bikes, they like to fight and get drunk. Those are my people, Huntington Beach. Going to talk about you next. And something's going on. Some people are mad, some people are... are uh, stoked on what happened city council passed a vote some people are really angry and then i got angry at what they said they didn't like and it's a whole thing 
You're going to hear it. It's a rant. It's coming. Hunter Lawrence coming up next. It's the Big 49. You are listening to Big49Radio.com Los Angeles. Digital HD streams. Big 49. It is a stretch show on a Friday. Don't forget Fridays are Supercross Eve. We got coverage starting at 2 o'clock Pacific Standard Time tomorrow. Right here at the Big 49. It is live. It is no pre-tape. It is all live. It is myself. It is the Moto Man. It is Jason from Honda Yamaha Redlands. A great place to go get your bike and get your gear. And I don't know if Jason's restocked on our jerky, but they used to have that. I think Jason and the crew that worked there, though, I think they ate all their own our jerky. I don't know if they sold very much. I think the crew devoured it. Uh, those guys are all out there. He'll be here. Bookie Kyle will be in the house booking odds on the KTM Futures Kids and on the Stasics Kids. They better show it all. Hey, Supercross, stop not showing me those races. Those are very important to me. I need to see those races. And then afterwards, we'll talk to all the winners and we will get them right here on this radio station next week. That's what we do. All right, let's go back now and talk about Huntington Beach. Home of the angry old white guy. Well, the city council got together this week and they had a vote and they voted four to three on a bill that was introduced by newly elected council member Pat Burns. And they say from now on at Huntington Beach, they will only fly flags on city property that are the United States flag, Old Glory, the state of California flag, a county flag, a city flag, and occasionally uh, POW flags, prisoner of war flags, with occasional allowances for branches of the military. Anybody got a problem with that? Well, apparently almost half the room did because it passed by four to three, a very slim margin. And here is what people are saying this is this. They're saying it's a hate vote. It's a hate vote. And people are furious about it because apparently every year for the LGBTQ5G uh, Pride Month, they've flown that big old rainbow flag. I don't know if you've seen the rainbow jumpsuit that Moto has. Moto got with our friends. I don't think they did it. I think he called Mike at LBZ and he's like, hey, could you make me a rainbow flag moto suit that I could ride my dirt bike with? And Mike was like, get the F out of here. I'm not making that. And Moto's like, come on. So I think Moto may have learned to sew and got a machine. And I think Moto made his own rainbow flag riding pants. They're they're very nice, Moto. I appreciate them. Uh, But, you know, not my cup of tea. And I don't think they'd be a big seller for LBZ either, Moto. So stop telling Mike that he should sell those. It's probably not a good business move for Mike. He was like, that's not his target audience, Moto. They're Moto dudes. They're not riding the rainbow flag, you know, the biggest part of them. So... People are saying it's a it's an attempt to exclude the gay community from having their flag flown at the Pride. And they say it's a long history that dates all the way back to 2021. So it's been a year. They've been flying the rainbow flag at gay pride time for like a year or two. And now they're like, we're not going to do that anymore. And now the activist, because you know when you ban that rainbow flag, you're going to get activists. And the activists have come out. They say criticism is piling up from uh, ally groups of the gay community. 
the Orange County Anti-Defamation League is there with them as well. Uh, They say this is discriminatory and it will be perceived as discriminatory and it will affect the tourism of the millions of gays that visit from around the world. I'm going to guess millions of gays don't visit Huntington Beach every year, but, you know, I'm not prone to exaggeration like a drama queen. Not a gay joke, just a funny joke. So, there you go. And people are seriously pissed. And then here's what it is, because remember, the Olympics are coming here to town very, very soon. And they're like, well, what are you going to do when the Olympics come? Because Huntington Beach is jockeying to try to get to host the surfing part of the Olympics. And if that's the case, they would have to fly on city grounds the Olympic flag. And they say, no, that's fine. We're going to have a vote on special occasions. That's when we'll fly. Oh, it's uh, military appreciation. We're going to fly the Marine Corps flag. We're going to fly whatever flag. We'll fly the Olympic. We'll have a special vote if we get the Olympics, and we will fly the Olympic flag. Not a problem. I'm. What's funny is someone saying, hey, you can have a special vote and fly the uh, rainbow flag, but they're just jumping to conclusions and freaking out. And here's their argument. They say they are against the military. They don't agree with the military. So what if people don't agree with the LGBTQ rainbow flag? So what? We don't agree with the military. These people, their argument to keep the rainbow flag flying over Huntington Beach on city property is that they don't agree with the military and you're flying the military flag. So even though you don't agree with our gay our gay stuff, you should still fly our gay flag, our gay pride flag. It's a strange argument. And if you don't if you don't like the United States military, I don't really like you. And I, I know that's not the entire gay community, and I know that's not the entire of any community, but there are individuals from any part of any community that shit on the U.S. military, and I got a problem with you because you're an a-hole. And you can suck it. And you can shove whatever flag you got up your ass. I will always, always support the military. Always, always, always. The Big 49 will always support the military. And if you don't, suck it. You're a douche. Period. End of story. There is no coming back from that. You're dead to me. So the people that say that, I don't think you got a good argument for your cause. And I think you maybe should have came back and said, hey, well, how about when we have uh, gay pride, we try to get a special election to see if we can fly the rainbow flag. But no one's saying that. They're just blowing this out of proportions and they're accusing them of hate and racism, which is what people do now. If, If you don't agree with me, you're a hateful racist. And I'm sick of that. And it's funny because then you'll just say, oh, I guess I'm a hateful racist because it's whatever. You just accept it and laugh and and blow it off. They've used the label so much that it's worn so thin it carries no sting. And it's gross. And then you go and then you pile on and say you don't support the military, which makes you an idiot and a moron and a person that should know that, you know, you'd be speaking Chinese or German or something if it wasn't for the U.S. military, the greatest military on the planet. Shaking my head. Shaking my head. Alright, coming up next, we just talked to Hunter. So you know what we're gonna do now? We're gonna talk to Jordan Smith. He rides for Star Racing Yamaha. He's the OG on that crew. Riding a 250, got up on the podium in Houston. Very interesting interview. I like Mr. Smith. I don't care what Moto Man says. Talk to him next. It's the big 49. Big, big, big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Levi Kitchen says that his first ever Supercross win that came at A2 in the Triple Crown event. 
didn't feel at all like he got an actual win. He says he went 4-2-2 on the day, so he never got to feel that fire. You know, the Supercross flames when they fly across the finish line, a boosh, the big flames shoot up everywhere. He says Styles got one of those and Jed got one of those, but they didn't win the race. He did, and it didn't feel like a win. He said it's cool to get the big win bonus check, but it doesn't feel like he got that win. He wants to feel the fire from the Supercross pyrotechnics. You want to check out him saying this and all of that information, you can get it on his vlog over on YouTube. Shout out to Levi Kitchen. I am Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 49, it is Stretch, and right now we are going to continue our 250 podium conversations, and we're going to get with the guy that came in third place overall tonight. That is Jordan Smith of the Star Racing Yamaha team. Now, Jordan, uh, you had a pretty good night. Any night you end up on the box is a good night, but I did see it go down in the sand like a lot of people. You had some struggles out there. How good does it feel just to get up on the box and walk us through uh, what happened in, in that time that you were uh, hitting the deck in the sand out there like a lot of people were? Yeah, I mean, the uh, the sand tonight was uh, pretty treacherous, honestly. They built those big rollers, and it was just deep sand. Yeah. It's like just felt like you never got to the bottom of it, so... Um, <laughs> yeah. It was uh, it was tough. I was kind of struggling in it all day long. Um, right. It's been a long time since I rode some sand like that. Um, okay. Not riding outdoors last year, you know, you don't get those deep deep ruts and kind of let the front end float. So uh, yeah. I was struggling all day in it, and uh, I actually kind of had it figured out in the main event until I went down in it <laughs> and uh, switched up my line to try and yeah. make a run on uh, V all there, and yeah, um, yeah, just kind of push the front and. Uh, so to get back up and, and to kind of charge back to, to get on the podium was, was really good. Um, I felt really good all day, uh, maybe the most comfortable I've ever felt at Supercross. Yeah. And uh, wow. so that was super, you know, motivating for me throughout the day. I mean, I've been in championship battles and all that stuff, and yeah. uh, I felt really, really good today. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited to, to get to Tampa and, and just keep this thing rolling. All right, and let's talk how much of it tonight is the bike for you because this bike, I, like we even hear Max say, like it, it's the Star Racing Yamaha 250. That thing is legendary. It has dominated this class for almost a decade. It really, really has. So how much of tonight was the bike and, and, and walk us through how, how great it is to be on this bike? Yeah. I mean, the bike was was amazing. Uh, yeah. This I've been on almost every factory team there is, I think, and uh, it's safe to say this this bike is just uh, is really good. Um, okay. Yeah, we were uh, been pretty much on the same setup kind of all off season, and then okay. uh, after the first round, after a one. Um, Levi and Styles came back and tested some stuff, and right. I tested some stuff, and we made a few little changes. And uh, but you know the bike's been really good all off season, and uh, yeah. Uh, in practice there, that's the first time I've ever actually, like, felt like I could be P1 and, um, like, <laughs> nice. actually looking at the board to see if I'm P1 after after I just felt good. I knew yeah. that, you know, we were going pretty fast. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we can just uh, keep keep that comfort comfort into every round this year, and, and uh, I think it'll be good. All right, let's uh, talk about this, Jordan. I know you just said you've been on just about every factory team that's out there, and when you were announced on the Star Racing Yamaha team, there seemed to be some hate out there, like some you know keyboard warrior type stuff where uh, Moto Man is one of those guys that gets on and, and is like, I don't know, we could have given so-and-so a shot or this guy a shot. And you also have a history of you know being hurt, being injured, and, and when you're injured, you're not on the bike and you can't race, so... How do you deal with that? Do you block it out? Do you just say, like, suck it, I'm on Star Racing Yamaha and I'm going to get, you know, some high-profile heat? Or, or how do you deal with basically the haters out there? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, at the end of the day, I just try not to think about it. But definitely, yeah. you know, it seemed like about 90% of the fans thought that uh, I probably right. wouldn't even be at the first round. <laughs> I'd already be hurt. So um, it's, uh, you know, the team, the support from the team has been unbelievable. Um, okay. Bobby, Swanee, Jensen, you know, the whole team, they uh, they believed in me since day one, yeah. uh, been working with me, just, you know, trying to get a little bit better every day, uh, working on the things that I'm struggling with, um, you know, if it, if it's bike-related, if it's related to what I'm doing, um, and, you know, they, they've put me in a good program, and uh, I'm just I'm just rolling with it and uh, <laughs> seeing what the results are. Yeah, and, and results were great tonight, so congratulations on that. Uh, and here, you're a perfect guy to ask on this one. We always hear a lot about Bobby, the team owner of Star Racing Yamaha, being, well, you know, kind of quite the handful. So you've been around teams. What's your experience so far with the Star Racing team and, and Bobby in particular? Yeah, I mean, I've always heard Bobby's pretty gnarly. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> that's definitely true. We had a, a good talk before the uh, – yeah. Before the race started today, okay. and uh, yeah, he's a he's a gnarly dude, but uh, but I like it. It's uh, gets us fired up and, and ready to go for sure. All right, and besides Bobby being gnarly, like what's the difference between you know other teams you've been on and this Star Racing Yamaha team, which seems to be a well-oiled factory of cranking out you know just winners. What's the way to put it? Just you know, they were very forthcoming with information. Um, okay. You know, trying to it's it's a cool dynamic because we also have the 450 team uh, yeah. and you know help each other out and you know they come over and and tell us what the 450 guys are doing and and what the fastest line is so that we can you know do it and uh, right. with Jacob being on the 452, you know we uh, like the quad and in practice that triple quad and. And uh, we thought I could make it, but uh, I didn't quite make it. So, um, but no, it's uh, it's it was a really good experience, and uh, I'm ready to just kind of keep keep plugging away. And you know, third was good for tonight, but yeah. uh, with a fall. But uh, that's not where we're where we're satisfied. We're trying to get to that top step. All right, but let's be honest. Uh, third place is still on the podium. Fourth place is not on the podium. It had to feel really, really good to get on the podium on your first race on this team, right? Yeah, it did. Um, yeah. I'll be honest with you. I mean, uh, 2000, the end of 2017, 2018, 2019, like, yeah. would not have been happy with a third or, or nervous running in third at all, okay. you know? But uh, tonight, the last couple laps, I'm not going to lie, I was a little nervous and just, <laughs> I mean, it's been a long time, you know? I've, I've yeah. been through so much since those days, since 2018, 2019, and it uh, just seemed like one injury after another and, and things that yeah. were in my control and things that were out of my control and um injuries that wouldn't heal and didn't know if i would ever be able to ride a dirt bike again and wow. uh you know had had a good group of doctors that you know got me back riding and uh and just been you know plugging away over the last two years or so and uh yeah. and to be back up on the podium is uh is is huge and and now to get that now we can focus on getting that win all right and let's talk about your teammates a little bit because now you're the old dog on a big ass team that's got a lot of really good talented young riders hell tonight uh danger boy deegan makes his pro debut comes in fourth place right behind you so is that cool having those guys or do you feel like they're after your ride like, like what's going on with you being the old dog with all these really young Young, talented riders on this team yeah they keep me young i guess right. <laughs> uh, it's i feel old out there but uh my birthday's well i don't know what time it is but it might be my birthday now yeah. <laughs> with max's long answer, with max yeah max's long answers over here oh, <laughs> but uh damn. but uh no it's uh having hayden and, and dax around is uh wow. is really good um you know it 
I think I can teach them things, and uh, they can teach me things as well. Right. You know, uh, they give me some of that youth out there, and uh, got to learn. I got to scrub harder, hit the turns faster, and yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's it's fun. It's uh, it's pretty crazy though. Hayden, uh, I don't think any of the fans cared about my autograph today. I think it was all, <laughs> all Hayden. So it's uh, pretty funny out there. Well, very cool. Congratulations, Jordan. I was glad to see you on the box. It's glad to see you healthy on the bike and looking good on that Star Racing team. Can't wait to see uh, what the future holds for you this season uh, as you move forward. We head into Tampa next weekend. We'll be looking out for you. Good luck to you. Hopefully you get back up there. and We'll talk to you again next week. I am Stretch. This here is the Big 49, your home of Moto Rock Extreme. Big, big, big. big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. This is a bummer news. Zach Osborne, the dude that retired from Supercross, looked like he was done racing, and then he just signed up with Yamaha, and he was racing outdoor, and he was getting ready. Well, he's had a season-ending injury. He said he had a tip over on Monday. He put his arm out to stop his fall and broke his elbow. He said he had successful surgery already on it, and he's back at home and on the men. Zach says he had a great training camp. He never put a single foot wrong or made any mistakes, and then this huge blow is an absolute devastation for him, both mentally, and he felt like he was riding so great in the woods, and his teammates were there for him, and he's bummed that he's letting people down, but right now, now he is back home with his family on the men. Shout out to you, Zach Osborne. Get back when you can. I am Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9. It's Stretch. Yeah. I do it all for the nookie. That's why I do the show. I do it for the nookie. All the nookie. Yeah, I play I play Limp Biscuit. I got no Fs to give. Big 49. Limp Biscuit. Some of this old Limp Biscuit rocked. By the way, the Limp Bizkit album that just came out last year, 2022, freaking great album. It's old school. It's it's a really good album. I really liked it. And I was like, oh, crap, seriously? And then I heard it, and I liked every cut I heard. I'm not going to lie. And you're like, they're posers. They're this, they're that. No, Limp Bizkit's a fun band. Do not, don't hate on them. Don't hate on them. I like that new album. I really do. But right now, I'm doing it all for the nookie with my red hat on like Fred Durst. I don't have a Fred Durst story. I typically have stories about everyone, but I do not have one from Fred Durst. Oh, well. Let's get into this story that happened to a guy out of Oklahoma. Getting ready to go on a little trip with his family. Uh, His wife was with the kids and they went to the store to buy supplies. And then they zapped the credit card and it was declined. You have that horror when you know you got money in the bank. You're like, I got thousands of dollars in the bank. I, what do you mean declined? Try it again. Run it again. What are you talking about? Declined. Well, apparently, uh, the Odell family, very embarrassed and humiliated when their credit card was declined as they tried to buy supplies for their trip. And then now they didn't have supplies for their trip because it was their bank debit card. It wasn't like, oh, it's my visa. No. It's your bank debit card. That means your account is empty. That's that feeling of horror you get when your butt puckers up and you go, oh, crap, someone freaking cleaned me out. I got hacked. So that's what you're thinking. So you call the bank and you're like, hey, man, uh, I don't know why there's no money in my account, but I got I got hacked. I, I don't know what happened. You need to freeze my account. And they're like, well, let's see. Let's see what we went through. Uh, you spent um, $47. At the Arco gas station. Was that you, uh, uh, Mr. Roberts? Yeah, that was me. Okay. Uh, you spent 
$10.42 at a vending machine at your company. Is that you, Mr. Roberts? Yeah, that was me. That was me. All right, you spent $37 at McDonald's, and then 25 minutes later, you spent 15 at a jack-in-the-box. It seems like there is fraud in your card. No, 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 no. Those were, all, those were both me. Yeah, those were both me. Yeah, sometimes uh, McDonald's doesn't... I don't really dig their chicken sandwich so much. I like the one better at jack-in-the-box, so I do both. Okay, Mr. Robertson, let's just keep going. Uh, I got more expenses on your card here. Uh, I see another charge, and that is for uh, $105. For a pair of boots. No, that was me. That was work. I needed those. That was for work. All right. And right after that, I see, oh, here, my, this might be the problem. I see a charge of $4,444.44 at Starbucks. Excuse me? What'd you say? Yeah, that's what happened to the Odell family. And here's what's crazy. They're like, F you. It's a legit charge. $4,444.44 at a Starbucks and they charged it to his card. They took the money and Starbucks took the money and they said, no, 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 it's what you entered for the tip. So I don't know if the guy reached in and there was a typo. He's like, I didn't give you a $4,444.44 tip for a freaking cup of coffee. That would be ridiculous. What do you think I am, Shaquille O'Neal? And they're like, yeah, sorry. So... Guess what happens? He goes to the Kansas City Star newspaper. They start checking it out. By the way, you got to cancel their family trip because they don't have any money. These, this family's now broke. Their their savings just got wiped out from a error. They're saying at Starbucks. The mysterious charge uh, created a massive problem and upheaval in their family, and they finally got some press. And then you know what happens when you get press? Starbucks says, oh, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. That's our bad. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. You didn't leave a $4,444 tip. No, 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 no. You ordered a cup of coffee and a donut, and uh, somehow when you left the tip, we, our computer miscalculated it, and you got charged for $4,444.44. Our bad. And so... Starbucks says, we're going to make it right, and we're going to get you that money back in your account so you guys can go on your trip. And they mailed them a check immediately. And you're like, oh, cool, all's well that ends well. Wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. That's as wrong as the picks you're going to hear from Moto Man, Jason from HYR, and Bookie Kyle tomorrow. All wrong. Those picks are just wrong, wrong, wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. Here's what happened. The checks that Starbucks sent him when he deposited them, they bounced. Starbucks sent this dude a bad check and he deposited the check and it bounced. I'm not kidding. So, back to the media. And the media's like, Starbucks sent the guy a rubber check and it bounced. And they're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. And then the Starbucks is like, oh no, there was a typo on that check. That's why I didn't go through. Here, we'll send you another one. And then they sent another one and they finally paid it. Yeah, they refunded the money. Starbucks made it all right. They said sorry. Sorry that we sent you a check that bounced and you got a big fee on top of having a... And you know, when your account is totally empty from overdraft, from someone taking a $4,444 tip from a cup of coffee that you bought, you're probably pretty pissed. You missed your trip where you're probably pretty pissed about that too. And then they sent you a bad check and you're probably pretty pissed about it. And then you got extra fees on top of it because you bounced a check. They, They don't look at it like, oh, the people that sent you a bad check. They look at you as your bad guy for depositing a bad check. Also, your bank didn't believe you and said, no, 
Starbucks said, that's the tip you left. We're not refunding that money. You're like, that's not what I left. Who leaves a $4,000 tip? And uh, uh, so that, there you go. This story is here as a as a learning piece for all of you. You should all look at this and realize this can happen to you anywhere you ever use your debit card. And have you ever tried to reverse a charge on your card? They act like you're a criminal, like you're stealing, like you did something wrong. You're like, no, 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 no. I didn't leave a $4,000. Well, it says you did. Starbucks says you did, and they're a great company. F you, Mr. Roberts. We're going to overdraft your account because we don't believe you. It's like I'm telling you I didn't send a $4,000 tip. What's the upside of sending a $4,444 tip with 44 cents to Starbucks? There isn't. So there you go. That would be the problem. And that's the moral of the story. Don't trust Starbucks. They're shysty. And their coffee's horrible. My kid, who doesn't drink coffee, loves Starbucks. Her favorite place to go. Loves Starbucks. Yet doesn't drink coffee. Explain that one to me. I can't figure it out. All right. I got to get up out of here pretty soon. But you know what I'm going to do next? I'm going to talk to my new BFF, Max Anstey. Max Anstey going to get up on the show, talk about his uh, thing. By the way, here's the, the thing we're going to go into more detail with. Probably Moto Man and Kyle will today. And then I know we'll talk about it, if not uh, Saturday. The rumor that's out there is that Max Anstey had a cheater bike. And it was a 280cc bike as opposed to a 250cc bike. And that is cheating. And that is uh, red flagged. And they were rumors all over the internet that they were going to revoke that second place finish at Houston from Max. Now, nothing's come of it. And the AMA already issued their final letter. Remember, they got Adam C. and Cirillo for pissing behind the porter body. So they've already issued their fines and stuff. So they're apparently not revoking Max's win. But... Earlier in the week, that was a legit rumor out there in the week that Max Anstey was on a cheater bike and that that bike was too fast because it was a 280cc and that Max didn't win it. And the really interesting part of that is then that would have made Hayden Deegan your third place overall and on his debut, he would have been on the podium. Now, it seems to be a bunch of hogwash. What I think is, sure, uh, Firepower Honda is a real team but it's, you're still privateer at that point. You're, it's the factory Australia Honda team, but it's not HRC Honda. It's not one of the big factory teams in the Supercross. I think Max Anstey rides his second place on a non-factory race machine, and a factory guy came and said, that bike, that bike's fixed. There's no way that bike's that fast. There's no way. It beat the Star Racing Yamahas. It beat the Pro Circuit Kawasaki's. Yeah, there's no way. So they don't, they don't understand Max Anstey was able to ride in a 450 class aboard a Suzuki and get it into the top 10 over and over and over and over again. Max Anstey can do amazing things on a motorcycle. Not only can he talk a lot, and I love that about him, but he also shreds it on a freaking motorcycle. That Brit, that little whiny. I love Max Anstey. Let's talk to him next. It's the big 49. Hello, my name's Max. I'm from England. <laughs> What's up, Max? I'd like to have a chat, all right? All right. No, Max, you cannot come on the show. I already talked to you twice today. We'll talk to you again. You get back on the box, Max. We'll get you back on the big 49. That's how that's going to work. Max Anthony, I told you he's my new BFF. He wants to get back on the show already. He's like, hey, I want to have a chat. I want to have a talk. I want to sit down with you, mates. I don't think he calls us governor, though, like uh, Will does. I love Will. I'm glad that Motoman didn't murder her. She does appear to probably be alive. Even though every time they show it's just the side of her or the back of her head. And I'm not a thousand percent sure it's her. 
It's a voice. I can do her voice, so I'm not 100%. It could be AI. But I, I'm... I'm... I'm 60-40. She's probably alive. And it's not an imposter. And Moto Man is off the hook. Sickens me to say that. Moto Man's on today at 3 o'clock. Bookie Kyle will be with him. They'll talk a whole lot of Moto Shop. And then I'll come in on Saturday and clean up their mess. When I crack the microphone with the whole crew, that includes Jason from Honda Yamaha Redlands. That includes Moto Man and Bookie Kyle. And we will get our pre-race on starting at 2 p.m. tomorrow. Also, if you are a fan of the Stretch Show, there's not, I don't want to say that. That's arrogant. If you like to listen to the Stretch Show, that doesn't make you a fan. It just makes you like, yeah, it's all right. Something to do. And you heard something or you missed something, uh, you can hear it again or hear what you missed on the podcast available everywhere there's podcasts now. Just started. I don't know if this thing's going to get traction. I didn't know if the radio station was going to get traction. Now, look at me. Three years later, I have like 27 listeners from none. That's a work in progress right there, but it's, it's a major accomplishment. So shout out to Big 49. Everyone that made our tiny dreams possible. We are throwing it down like champions. I might have 30 listeners by the end of the week. 30. That's more than two dozen. That's a lot of effing people. Just say, you ever been in a room with 30 people? A couple of them got VD. Probably. One of them's a whore. One of them stole your wallet, and that's probably Moto Man. Yeah. Alright, well, I gotta get up out of here. I got stories I didn't get to, but there were stories that would upset me and send me off onto a rant. And I am the truth sayer, and I can't not say the truth when I see something is wrong. It's a filter issue, and I don't have very good filters. Ask everyone that's around me on any given day. This is like stretch is stretch at all times, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I'll say something stupid. And people around me get annoyed. My wife hates me. You ever feel that, married dudes out there? You ever feel like, dude, I'm pretty certain my wife hates me. Are you pretty sure of that? Because I am at times. I'm like, yeah, she can't stand me. I'm pretty sure my uh, uh, my female child can't stand me either. My son loves the hell out of me. But I'm the only normal person he's got in his life. His mom was a satanic whore. My wife now is fine. She's just doesn't like me she's not a horrible person she just doesn't like me that's cool i can rub you the wrong way i don't know if you've ever heard this show before but i rub you the wrong way if you want to get rubbed the wrong way for like an hour go to the podcast download it send it to your mom say mom this is what i think of you if you hate your mom send her the stretch show podcast put it on her phone so it automatically downloads every day she'll hear my spa-like voice barking at her all day on the thing you're wrong, 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 mom. You're stupid. Yeah, it's just that. Dysfunctional families are fun. You know, if it wasn't for dysfunction, I, my family would have no function. So what you gonna do? All right, I'm getting out of here now. I had to pack it up. It's very late in the evening. The show's about to start on the actual live play because I'm so late. It's my 31-hour day, so I might be a little delirious. But I gotta do what I gotta do, and what I gotta do is do this radio show and push it and kick it and drag it across the finish line till we reach our goals and we are on our way with our 30 plus listeners which might be 40 by 
next week. Crazy. I thank you guys for listening. Seriously, if you know someone that might like it, spread this garbage around. If you hate it, spread this garbage around. Listen, how bad this show sucks. I don't care. Love me or hate me, just listen. I really don't care. I thank you for listening, though. Even if you do hate me. I want the best for you. I want you to have a great weekend. And tune in today at 3 for Motoman. And then tomorrow at 2 p.m. right here at the Big 49 when we go live. Until then, God bless you all. And God bless the United States of America.